Michael Anderson is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. The information should not be relied upon for purposes of transacting securities or other investments. Please consult with a financial advisor. For more information, visit Maranatha.com. For big money in the 805 with your host Michael Anderson. Michael always works in his clients' best interest when it comes to their financial life and future. To reach Michael, go to Maranatha.com. And now, here's your host for big money, Michael Anderson. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Each week we have one feature interview, one nonprofit spotlight, and a finance idea. Today is our water focus show. We all know how important water is. Mark Twain's famous quote still rings true, whiskeys for drinking, waters for fighting. Here in Southern California, water has been front page news for a number of years now. And today we have two influential guests with us, the general manager of Cayegas Municipal Water District. They provide water to 75% of Ventura County's residents and general manager for United Water Conservation District. United is a conservator of the groundwater resources that are utilized with Oxnard, Port Wyneme, Ventura, Santa Paula, and Fillmore. So that interview is coming up in just a moment. At the end of the show, we're going to be discussing the finance principle of investing and how you can invest successfully. We would like to remind Remind you, we do put this show on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Find us by searching Big Money in the 805 or go to Marinantha.com. M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Today's feature interview is brought to you by Geico Local Office, car and homeowners insurance for the 805. You can save up to 15%. Call 805-487-7847. Geico Local Office. We have two guests in the studio with us today. Susan Mulligan is the general manager of Cayegas Municipal Water District. Susan got her degree from Stanford University and an MBA from UCLA. She's also a registered engineer. She began working with Cayegas in 1993. She's been the GM since 2010 there. Also, we have Mauricio Guardado the general manager of United Water Conservation District. Mauricio has a degree in civil engineering from Cal State Northridge and a master's degree from University of Southern California. Prior to taking the GM role here with United, he spent nine years as the CEO for the Santa Clarita Water Division, providing water to 120,000 residents of Santa Clarita. Thank you both for being on the program today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. Our pleasure. So I've been following water decisions here in Ventura County very closely over the past two years, going to symposiums, regional water meetings. And the first thing I want to say is that I think you're both doing a remarkable job. So congratulations on that. I hope to keep up the good work there. Thank you. Thank you. So much to cover today. Let's jump right in. Our first question how is Ventura County's water situation when we compare it to the rest of California? Ventura County kind of has two parts to it. East County is connected to the rest of California. So everything from Oxnard and uh, Camarillo all the way to Thousand Oaks to the LA County line is connected to the state water project. And statewide, particularly in North and Central California, we had lots and lots of rain this year. It was a record year. So those areas have plenty of supply this year. Could change next year or the year after that, but right now they're okay. West County is in a more difficult situation, and Mauricio, you want to talk about maybe both Ojai and the Piru? Unlike 
so many other areas, our particular service area really relies primarily on precipitation. The water portfolio isn't very diverse, so when you rely on precipitation and and the storms that come along, you have ability to actually store that water. However, um, in times of drought and when you're trying to replenish the groundwater basin, if you don't have that diverse portfolio, it's kind of really hard to combat the whole drought situation. So on that eastern end is where we struggle a little bit. I've heard it said that currently, which is very unique, Ventura County is actually in a worse spot than the rest of the state. And it has not been that way always. Actually, it's always been the opposite of that. So is that kind of what you're getting at? Or Well, this year that is the case. And it's it's only the part, if you look at the drought map, the only the part of Ventura County that's not connected to the state system is the part that remains in severe drought condition. Mm. The Ojai area and the Ventura area, Fillmore, Santa Paula, and Piru, don't have direct connections to the state water project. And let's talk about that for a second. So when we look at Ventura County, and certainly there's kind of the East County, which is kind of Camarillo, Thousand Oaks, Westlake, and West County, Ventura, Casitas, Ojai, Santa Paula, Fillmore. Where does East County get its water? Where does West County get its water? Where's this water coming from? East County gets three-fourths of its water from the state water project, and one-fourth is from local groundwater. And there's recycled water mixed in there, but uh, that's the breakdown. So East County's heavily dependent on imported water. And it developed that way because East County actually has less local resources available to it. So it had to go get uh, imported water. West County, local supplies. So Lake Casitas, Lake Piru, Lake Piru. and local groundwater are those supplies. And that's the primary function of United's operation. So in Lake Piru, we store large quantities of water, and our job is to augment groundwater supplies. And we do that through Lake Piru, and we do that through our Freeman Diversion. That's part of the struggle that we're incurring because this county relies heavily on being able to recharge groundwater basins. If we can't do that because of regulatory issues, because of the drought, then the, uh, the the local economy, the local water supply suffers when you, you can't maximize that operation. That makes sense. And we're talking about this importing of water, and I know that that's been an emphasis lately. Can you talk to us about how that's going and what that looks like? We've had more and more difficulty over the last 20 years importing water and getting water from the State Water Project. You know, it wasn't known when the State Water Project was built, sort of the impact on the environment. And the State Water Project actually was never completed. It was supposed to have a connection directly to the Sacramento River, and that never got built, in part because of north-south politics. Over the last 10 years, there's been a push to build some tunnels underneath the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta called California Water Fix. The problem is getting water through the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta. It's It's a natural estuary that's highly impacted by farming, and there are endangered species that are really suffering up there. And pulling water through it just makes things harder. So we can't move water through it a lot of the times, and we lose the opportunity to capture stormwater when it rains. We had, during the middle of this five-year drought, we had a few periods when it rained a lot, just for a few days. And if you miss those days because you're hurting habitat by moving water through the delta, you've lost a whole lot of water. So there's an opportunity for us to be able to capture a lot more stormwater by building these tunnels under the delta. And all of the water agencies that get water from the State Water Project in September and October of this year are making the decision whether to buy into this project 
or not. And it's expected that they will, and it'll be a great project. But there's a lot of opposition from folks in Northern California to this project, and they put a ballot measure on in 2016 that was uh, to fight these tunnels and could happen again in 2018. So we haven't got the project up and built. And until we do, there are going to be a lot of forces against it. So it's an important project. What's your take on it? And how should we look at it locally? It sounds like it's an important issue. Are you guys supporting it? Should we look at supporting it? Do you have an opinion on it? Absolutely. Cayegas supports it strongly. And the reason we support it is it means fewer shortages. If we had had these tunnels, we wouldn't have had the shortages that we did over the last five years. And even more importantly, if there's an earthquake up in that area, the delta is full of levees and farms that are well below sea level for reasons we won't go into here. But uh, if there's an earthquake up there, it could become an inland sea and we will never get that water supply back. And we would have to build tunnels on an emergency basis, which could take six years. Us not having three quarters of our water supply for six years is a scary prospect. That's less than what people need for health and safety. So it's a very important project for us. Many cities have signed on to this, the Ventura County Taxpayers Association, some of the Democratic clubs, Chambers of Commerce. We've got about 30 entities in Ventura County have signed on in support of this project, and uh, we feel it's a very important project. And United certainly supports it. I mean, this effort uh, helps secure sustainability. And something that Susan was mentioning when it came to species and habitat and those issues that that they're experiencing in the Delta, we have those very same issues here in Ventura County. And, you know, when we talk about sustainability and the importance of of this water fix, as a result of regulatory uh, restrictions, we could have diverted 20,000 more acre feet that otherwise went to the ocean. So when you lose that kind of water, you need to... Just this year. Just this year alone. Uh, you need to have an additional source of supply. And again, I I can't stress enough about having that sustainability uh, for future. That's a good note. So you both support the California water fix. And I think it's important to note many listeners, many people don't understand that there's such a, uh, we talk about water portfolio. There's so many different kind of ways to look at where water is coming from and how they all interrelate to each other. But when we talk about imported water, mainly we're talking about the Colorado River, or river from Northern California coming through the Delta, the State Water Project. And those two sources, the State Water Project, the California Water Fix, really is a solution that I think you guys are supporting and much of the state should look at supporting for Southern California. Absolutely. It's critical. Yeah, it's critical. And for our area, we have very little ability to get Colorado River water here. So for Ventura County, especially the state water project is is just existential for both of our agencies because United also gets water from the state project. And I don't know if you want to elaborate on what you did this year. Yes, we uh, currently have a contract with the state for uh, imported water deliveries as well. Fortunately, with all the water up north, there was uh, excess water and we were able to capture that water and actually deliver it into the river in the middle of the summer when typically you wouldn't have those kind of flows. So that uh, really helped improve the groundwater tables all up and down Ventura County. Again, an opportunity that we wouldn't have had unless we uh, were members of, of the state contractors. And I think there are more opportunities out there and the California water fix will only enhance those opportunities, I think, especially for Ventura County. Here, we're very unique in the fact that we have the Santa Clara River, which is, I think, the last unlined natural river. 
and it percolates extremely well. So we're always going to have a place to put that excess water. We're talking with Mauricio Guardado, United Water Conservation District's General Manager, and Susan Mulligan, General Manager for Cayegas Municipal Water District. California Water Fix sounds like a big deal coming up soon, and it's something that is supported by you both and other folks in the area. So let's take a pivot over to talking about another source of water. Many people say desalinization. That's something that is we should be looking at the oceans right here. I went to the Steve Bennett uh, water symposium he organized. You both were there. What are the misconceptions that people make when we talk about desalinization? Can we talk about that first? And then we'll jump into the scenario that desalinization makes sense. People think the ocean's right there. Why aren't we just tapping into it and using the water? Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, they think it's easy. The challenge is there's a lot of salt in seawater. The physics and the the reality is it takes a lot of electricity to get salt out of the water, which drives the cost up a lot. On top of that, you have the issue that you have to suck in seawater. And it's hard to suck in seawater without getting some marine life. You can put screens on that get almost all the marine life out, but you can't keep it all out, unless you put intakes underneath the sand, which is what the state's starting to require that people do, and that makes the project almost unbuildable and unmaintainable. So we have one seawater desal plant of any size in this state. It may or may not be operating a year from now because its intake permit is up for a change. We have a regulatory challenge with getting them built, and we also have a cost issue. Right now, the cost of water from a seawater desal plant is about three times what we pay for imported water. And imported water is our most expensive supply in this county. So there's a cost issue and a regulatory challenge. With Santa Barbara getting theirs, they did that in the 90s, starting that. I mean, is that something if we started now we can have in 20 years? Or is it kind of more difficult now to where we probably wouldn't have? What are some thoughts on that? They They got an intake permit in the 90s, and they kept it. They didn't run their plant, but they kept their permit, and they were able to operate under the old rules for intakes, which meant that they could get that built. You could not do that again today. Yeah. Is there a scenario where the desalinization makes sense? I mean, is it something here regionally? Is it a regional idea, or is it something where at this point it's too difficult? It needs to be our last option. Both United and Cayegas are heavily supportive of water use efficiency, recycled water use, you know, treating brackish groundwater, and California water fix. And if all of those don't prove sufficient to meet the water demands reliably, I think then's when we have to start trying to look to the sea. But in the current regulatory climate, I'm not certain we could even get a plant built. That's I'd have to agree. Susan's right. There are several alternatives that are in front of us that are actually you know, doable right now that would establish a, a greater reliability in Ventura County that would be actually more cost effective. And I think until those are explored and, and implemented, desal really needs to be the last resort because it will take a long time. There are several environmental hurdles you'd have to get through and it's very expensive. It's very expensive. Well, let's take another look at a source of water. We get a lot of groundwater, and groundwater management is a big discussion. Farmers have been able to benefit using water from the ground, and it appears now with new groundwater management rules 
they potentially have a lot to lose. But what's going on with groundwater management? So United's operation is just that. It's about groundwater management. It's about groundwater augmentation. We have a facility called the Freeman Diversion and on a, a Rio site, and they were strategically placed in this particular location because there's no other geology like it. We know when we put water in those recharge basins at those locations, really good things happen for groundwater supplies. And unfortunately, with the drought, uh, with the regulatory restrictions that have been placed on our operation, we have uh, depleted groundwater basins. We're well under the, the sea level. It, uh, the groundwater basins are extremely low in that uh, the seawater intrusion continues to migrate inland. It's now several miles. So through Sigma, through these alternative water resources that all of the, the water leaders in the cities are, are working towards, that'll help uh, improve the groundwater department in that uh, once we start establishing greater yields, then the agricultural uh, industry, the municipalities, cities, the water agencies will, will start seeing a more reliability here in the basin. But uh, until we can improve upon conservation, until we can get through some of these regulatory hurdles that are restricting those diversions at those recharge basins and you know, essentially get these alternative water resources online, those groundwater basins are just going to continue to get lower and lower. So there's a lot of stress on on the recharge, on the basins, and the Freeman diversion, I haven't seen the holding basins be used in a while now. Is it something where they're not able to be used? Is it an asset that we have the ability to use, we're just not? Is the the environmental kind of impacts kind of the main issue with that, or it, it's been a while. Rain yeah, we're, well, we're not getting uh, we're not getting enough precipitation. But then when we do get the precipitation, as I mentioned earlier, there was twenty thousand acre feet of water just this year that we could have start filling up some of those basins. Mm. Uh, we have about seven hundred acres of surface area that we can utilize to to recharge these groundwater basins, and they work extremely well. You know, as a standard, if you get about two to three feet of percolation rate a day, that's considered very good we get 14 to 15 feet per day in those groundwater basins. So they work extremely well. The key is they're stranded assets when it's dry. And uh, one of the opportunities that are out there is to convey recycled water to those groundwater basins. And if you could have a continuous source, you would be continually replenishing that groundwater basin. And we did have some success, like I said earlier, the Article 21 water from that uh, excess water that was experienced up north with all the precipitation they had, we were able to move that water all the way down here to Southern California, specifically Ventura County. And when we did that, groundwater levels shot up in numerous basins. So we know what we, what we need to do. We know what works. And so it's a matter of, of trying to really concentrate that effort. And uh, if we do that and we do it right, uh, those, those yields, those sustainable yields will go up. We're talking about water. It's our water focus show. We've already talked about imported water, groundwater, and desalinization. I know a big part of the water business is collaboration between agencies. There's not one agency that covers all of California or all of our county. There's multiple different agencies. So tell me about how well you have worked together with each other. What are some of the ways that you've had some successes in doing that? Well, I think a testament to all of the leaders here in Ventura County, we just finished up with a water summit where we had all of the leaders here in Ventura County come together to collaborate on 
well, what's next? We all have very similar issues, and we all know that uh, in some form or fashion, what we do or what we don't do will affect one another. And I think uh, we're getting a lot of momentum there. So we're working hard to bring that recycled water to, to maximize that resource and convey that water around to where it will work best. So the collaboration process has already started. It's not always easy because, you know, you're dealing with human beings and <laughs> personalities, but I think we've really worked through some of those, uh, those hurdles. I think the future is extremely promising. Yeah. Tell me about the East-West interconnection. So this is an interconnection. Um, the West County agencies, United, Casitas up in Ojai and City of Ventura, have rights to state water project supplies, but they've never had a physical connection. So there's a concept, we talked about moving water through other people's systems, to be able to move imported water through Cayugas' systems and out to these other agencies by building about an eight-mile pipe from the Spanish Hills area out to Satakoy. That water could come to the, the West County. This is really important because we had the ability to get a little bit of that state water through Lake Piru from Lake Pyramid down Piru Creek. Uh, however, this will be able to move very large volumes of water and give us options. You know, the east-west between Ventura and Cayegas, but also would give us an opportunity if there's excess water to put them right there in those recharge basins, and uh, then it has multiple benefit to many end users. Mauricio and Susan, thank you so much for being on the program today. To get more information, you can go to the show notes. We'll have the links there, unitedwater.org, also Cayegas Municipal Water District. We'll have links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the program. I hope we can do it again soon. Thank you, absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Here is a local group we want you to know about. Nonprofit Spotlight. Brought to you by Pierpont Racquet Club, serving Ventura since 1977. Get your 30 day pass online. Visit PierpontRC.com. Today's Spotlight is the Association of Water Agencies of Ventura County, the AWAVC. It was formed in 1976 to exchange information on local and regional water issues. Regular meetings and special events are held to share information and encourage discussion and innovate solutions to water issues facing Ventura County. All are welcome to join or attend the meetings. You can learn more online at awavc.org. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767 or visit him online maranatha.com m-a-r-a-n-a-n-t-h-a.com michael anderson is local and fiduciary no commissions no gimmicks call and leave a message today 805-665-3767 Get ready to take some notes. It's time for the two-minute drill with Michael Anderson on Big Money in the 805. 
two-minute drill. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's time for today's two-minute drill. Brought to you by Spanish Hills Country Club. Taste the elegance. Golf, athletic, and social memberships. Visit SpanishHillsCC.com or call Cindy, 805-388-5000. Today's principle is investing wisely. Investors have succeeded using many different approaches. Some are passive, some are active, but to be successful, you need a focused strategy. So I'll ask you this question. Do you know what your investing strategy is? I'm going to challenge you to think about how you approach your investments. Are you delegating that responsibility? Do you collaborate with someone? Or are you doing the investing yourself? All are fine ideas, but you want to know what you're doing and how it's working. Are you a saver or an investor? Are you passive or are you active? How do you view the difference between an asset and a liability? What is an asset? In my definition, an asset is something that goes up in value. What is a liability? In my view, it's something that goes down in value. So you want to buy assets and pay off or minimize the liabilities. Let's run a little quiz. I'm going to name a few investments. Your job is to quickly answer if it's an asset or a liability. An investment in a car, asset or a liability. A watch. An investment in a boat. Is it an asset or a liability? A nice vacation. A lotto ticket. Asset or liability. An IRA retirement account. An education. Asset or a liability. Starting your business. Or a savings account. Now there's not going to be a grade on this, but here are the answers from my view. The first five are liabilities. The last four are assets. Today's finance idea is the principle of investing wisely. Have a focused approach, know what your approach is, acquire assets, and minimize liabilities. If you want additional help, you can hit me up personally. Go to my website, marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com, or email me, michael at allocationlink.com. You're tuned in to Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson. Now it's time for Michael to go to the mailbag and answer some questions from listeners. Mailbag, we answer your questions about money, Wall Street, and local issues. Brought to you by AllocationLink.com, investment management that is low cost, smart, and accessible by all. Learn more at AllocationLink.com. We have Greg Mock with us in the studio today. We have some insurance questions, and he's an expert with insurance. He owns Geico Local Office here in Oxnard. Our first question comes from Mario in Oxnard. How easy is it to change my car insurance? Well, that's a great question, Mario, and thank you for having me, Mike. Um, Well, I can't speak for every company. At Geico, we make it real easy to change over your insurance. In most cases, if you call in, it can be handled on one phone call. However, if you come into the office, it can be handled even quicker. We don't have any paperwork to sign in most cases. We don't have any inspection requirements for vehicles. And we can get you set up on a new policy that same day. So with GEICO, it's real easy to switch over. Jessica from Santa Paula has this question. Why use GEICO local office instead of the GEICO 1-800 number? That's a great question. The biggest difference is the local touch that you have with the GEICO local office. You're going to receive the exact same price. You're going to receive the exact same coverage with both. But if you ever need us, we are there for you. Richard from Ventura asks, what tips can you give us? about insurance and buying insurance? That's another great question. I'd say the biggest tip that I can give you is you wanna go with a company that you can trust. Insurance is not an asset that you can touch. It's not an asset you can feel. You can't look at it, 
But if you ever need to use it, you want to make sure that you're with a company that you can trust. And Geico is a great company that you can trust. And we're wholly owned by Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company. You know that we'll be there if you need us. Special thanks to Greg Mock, owner of Geico Local Office. You can get a free quote and save up to 15%. Call Geico Local Office, 805-487-7847. If you have questions for the mailbag, submit them online at marinantha.com. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes, Big Money in the 805. Special thanks to Cayegas Municipal Water District and to my buddy Dwayne G for his insight and support. You can contact me online at marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com, or email me, michael, at allocationleak.com. Have a great week. Join us again next time.